This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check out The Rope Trainer today. That's at theropetrainer.com. And once again, I couldn't do it without my friends Earl Perrin, the great Chris Verna, and of course the Hall of Famer, John Smoltz. The Rope Trainer will help you with these arm problem, folks. Make sure you check it out. They're trying to, uh, to use data, not just word of mouth, actual data that tells us this thing will help. Check it out, theropetrainer.com. Excited about the show today. Um, you know, we're into the off season. lots of things going on. Um, we've been talking a little bit about getting better. Um, you know, I want to take a break from that this week as I had an opportunity to have an old friend in. Uh, I, I know most of you know I do a, a St. Louis Cardinals show with the great Benji Molina, Yachty's brother, who is a big leaguer. And um, uh, one of our partners is a, a local um, – a local uh, baseball program called the Missouri Gators. Um, they sent a gentleman in today. I, I let one of them come in every couple of weeks and talk Cardinal baseball and then just kind of, you know, feed us uh, what they're doing a little bit. And they sent over an old friend of mine today who I've known for a while, and um, he does a tremendous job, Seth Van Baren with uh, Missouri Gators. What's going on, bud? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, the reason I, I, I wanted to keep you hostage to record an episode of Youth Baseball Talk with me afterwards was because of what you're doing. Now, you've, you've been a college coach for many years. I mean, you've taught hitting. You've taught the game of baseball. You've, um, you've, you, I mean, you've got story upon story about teaching the game of baseball, and you have your own opinions about everything from youth baseball all the way up. But what you're doing right now for this conversation that I really want to talk about because I just think it's just so important for all of us to understand, I don't care how old you are, you need to start understanding this at a young age. You're involved now with the recruiting process and assisting, and I'm going to say this, assisting families, not just kids, assisting families with the recruiting process. And I think a big reason is because it is so What's the word I'm looking for? It is so misunderstood. There are so many myths yeah. about what really goes on with recruiting that I cannot even – I mean, I, I, we could talk all day long just about <laughs> the myth. Yeah. Um, but, the rea- but, the, but the reality is let's make it about reality. So let's learn today when we really need to start thinking about it because I'm going to say some things today that I'm sure a lot of people haven't even thought about. And, 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 and I don't mean that, like, it's the end of the world. Rightfully so, right? Like, when you're eight or nine, you're probably not thinking about, or you shouldn't be, thinking about being recruited to play college baseball. That's not really where I'm going. But the truth is, some of it does start then. Now, it's not as serious as what we're talking about with what Seth is doing, but we're talking about the overall approach that's going on with what's happening to our game with kids today. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today with Seth. Again, you heard me mention he's with Missouri Gators uh, baseball now. Uh, We had the guys on not too long ago. You know, they're making their venture in Illinois. They've got their Gators baseball academy. So we're going to let Seth tell us a little bit about what they, where they're at today. But more importantly, we're going to check into his expertise today. Your expertise. Did you like that? Awesome. You like that? Did you ever think you'd, you'd be termed in with the word expertise? Um, 
in some areas, but none revolved, <laughs> not none revolved around baseball well, or being on the radio. Well, it's good stuff. And like I said, I, this is an important thing for me because I can tell you uh, whether I was coaching, just a parent, now a parent to a kid that is going through it, um, I've heard some of the most absurd statements from people. I've seen some of the most unbelievable things from programs. I have witnessed some of the most unreal things from colleges themselves. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. The fact that this thing is so screwed up, everybody mm-hmm. takes some blame in this, in my opinion. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it um, and, and go from there. But we're going to try to educate a little bit today. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. The things that you can do with the website, number one, subscribe to the show. It's free. You'll get a notification whenever the next show comes out. You can help us and, and help me help our producers, Brian Crock and Andrew Allen, as they do so much work for us, by doing your shopping at Amazon through our website. You go to youthbaseballtalk.com if you're on your computer. It's over to the right. If you're on your mobile device, scroll all the way down. Click Amazon. You're done with us. You do your shopping. We get a very, very small referral. doesn't cost you anything extra, and that's how we take care of our producers. So for those of you that are doing it and continue to do it, thank you. If you haven't started doing it yet, we would greatly appreciate it. And, again, it means a lot to us here at Youth Baseball Talk. Social media is a big part of what we do. Uh, it's a way for me to stay connected with you. Um, you know, I'm, it's, it's hard because we, we have a lot of followers, and, and, and I try to follow everybody back that's involved in this wonderful game of baseball. But I've gotten a lot of topics, a lot of conversation. I've learned a lot just through social media. You can find us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Like our Twitter page. If you're involved in baseball, if I can tell, I'm going to follow you back. Same thing with Facebook. Go in, type in Youth Baseball Talk, like our Facebook page. If you would click invite your friends and anybody you know that's involved in this wonderful game of baseball, if you would invite them to like our page as well, we would appreciate it. Uh, Instagram, you can find us, Youth Baseball Talk as well. We'd like to have you part of all of our social media experience. Thank you so much. You can also find us as part of lineupmedia.fm, the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Also home now to Yo Radio. Uh, the newest internet radio station that has everything you would expect and more, all the great stations. There's going to be a baseball station on there soon that we're going to be very proud to be a part of. Uh, you know, there's going to be there, – there's already independent league baseball organizations that are broadcasting their games on there. They're going to be able to go live. You're going to be able to be able to see a lot of interesting things with Yo Radio. So make sure you check it out. Go download it today. It is free. They would love to hear a review of what you think of their station. There's a lot of guys here that have worked really hard on it, and they would appreciate it. That's Yo Radio. Download it today. Um, again, I am blessed to be involved with so many great people in this game of baseball. I try to highlight. I take turns highlighting them from week to week. Um, this week, I'm going to start with my man Justin Stone and what he has for us. EliteBaseball.tv does it as good or better than everybody else in the country. Again, I, I love the term tied for first because I've been so, so blessed to meet so many great people in this game of baseball. Um, Justin Stone's tied for first, EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Take it away, my man. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here, EliteBaseball.tv. You know, Jim, last time I talked to you when I was on your full podcast a few weeks back, I talked about some of the physical movements we need to be working on this time of year that aid with our baseball skill. So many things that happen in baseball we try to correct with a bat and a ball in our hand. But in reality, the movements that we have are just the way our body's been physically prepared to do certain actions. I talk a lot about dynamic balance in both pitching and hitting. The definition of dynamic balance is the body's ability to do something on one leg and be comfortable in doing so. Oftentimes, hitters at the big league level will have larger loading mechanisms than what they used to have 15, 20 years ago. 
And the reason is I can harness a little more of the body's energy if I can create more stretch, and oftentimes that's done over a longer period of time in the load. But your body has to be comfortable being on one leg longer, because if I'm increasing my loading mechanism, I'm also increasing the time in which my foot is in the air. Now with young players, dynamic balance is really hard because their brain panics when they get on one leg. They're not comfortable doing it because they don't do it very often. Think of your first motor skill of, of being on all fours and crawling, right? Something was on the ground all the time, multiple pieces at one time. Now we go to a standing position and we start walking. And what walking is, is moving forward and catching myself from falling. So even there, very rarely, do I have one foot in the air for any long period of time? Because I'm reestablishing balance with each step. So now I'm asking a player to pitch or hit and keep that foot in the air for a longer distance and a greater period of time. So what do they do as a hitter? Is their brain goes into panic mode. It said, uh-oh, I'm not comfortable being on one leg. Hurry up and get that other foot down to reestablish balance. So what is one of the main problems we have with youth hitters all the time? They lunge. They rush to their front side. And all the time, their hitting coaches are telling them, hey, stay back, stay in the back leg. Don't lunge forward. Don't go forward of center. But their brain isn't comfortable enough on maintaining that dynamic balance in their back leg, or they're just not strong enough to do it. Not enough force into the ground. So a very simple drill that I'm going to have you do, and this will give you some better balance, stability, confidence, and strength. And it's just simply standing on one leg. But here's the catch. When we stand on one leg, there's a couple of rules. I'm going to get my feet together, I'm going to raise my knee up to my waist, and it has to stay at my waist. So now I have a little bit of strength and stability into my plant leg where I have to put force into the ground, as well as be stable at the ankle, knee, and hip. Now I'm going to make it more difficult by eventually taking one sense away. So the body, when it's off balance, also uses sight lines to help reestablish balance. You take the sense of sight away, balance becomes a lot more difficult. In fact, it's run by your inner ear. That's what controls the balance of the body at that point. So what I'm going to do, after they can hold for 15 seconds by looking at the horizon, now we're going to hold for 15 seconds closing my eyes. And the first time I did this myself, I started falling over at three to five seconds. Be surprised, even if you as an adult, you stand up and try to do it with your son or daughter, how often you're going to fail. But over time, the brain gets more confident, and even with the sense of sight out of it, it also gets more adapt of feeling the body and using the other senses to reestablish balance for better stability and strengthen the legs. So a very simple drill right there we incorporate into our strength building plan. And we're doing this through a variety of different assessments that we do on athletes to find out where they're strong, where they're weak, what their mobility restrictions are or mobility biases are. And you can find that on EliteBaseball.tv. And then we, for you, will organize your own individual strength and mobility plan that will help you on the diamond based on what your individual needs are from these pass or fail assessments. We're really excited about bringing that to you. It's a new piece of our website that we're going to have coming up in just another week. So come check us out today at EliteBaseball.tv. And until next time, Jim, I'll see you on the field. Great stuff, and again, um, you know, I was great catching up with Justin a few weeks ago. I wish him continued success. Uh, amazing things that he's done that I, I think back to listen to him start about how he got his start up in Chicago originally with, at the White Sox Academy. With, and I know you're shaking your head over there, Seth. I know you're real familiar with Justin, and you know, being one of the first guys to use video really and really break it down and say. I can do a lot of analy I mean, he was one of the first that really utilized it the way it's being utilized today. And there's 
there's no secret why he's he's been successful at every level, and now he's being counted on by the Chicago Cubs to do some amazing things for them. So uh, again, uh, we love having Justin, his 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 partner in crime, Travis Kerber. They both tops at what they do. Thank you. And again, if you don't have EliteBaseball.tv, you're doing yourself a disservice. I guarantee you, you spent ninety nine dollars on a lot worse in in this game of baseball than what you'll get. And uh, to all of our our listeners and all the people that have sent me messages saying you're right. It was the best $99 I ever spent. Thank you, and I know they thank you as well. Well, I want to get to my man Seth over here. Seth, um, I've known you for a while. I know you coached college baseball, um, you know, different different colleges, things like that. Um, I think you found your, your 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 niche here, something that I, you know, I, I again, I haven't seen you in a little while <laughs> in person, but I used to see you a lot. You walked in here today, man, you look like a different dude. You had a big old smile on your yeah. face, your love and life. Um, yeah. And I know you've got a tough job, but it, it's apparent to me that you're loving what you're doing and um, uh, and the organization that you're with. Why don't you first start off by telling us you know, exactly who you're with and what you're doing? Yeah, I, I'm right now I'm working with the Missouri Gators. Owners uh, Chris Craddock, Joe Lopez, Steve Marion. Um, and, and they brought me aboard about nine, ten months ago. And basically through the last nine or ten months, uh, they have involved me in every – step of the process in terms of what kind of, I think, business, um, what kind of business and what kind of programs we want to run for, for our high school level athletes inside Missouri Gators. Um, and so today, Jake DePew, myself, and Cody Fick, uh, we head our high school development and recruiting. And essentially, they have given me the go-ahead, and, and I'm so thankful to probably starting this uh, hopefully a little bit different than than what some other programs are doing not that they're doing them wrong by any means but it's the Missouri Gators way of doing it uh, so I'm very thankful to those guys for this opportunity and, and I would tell you that you're right I'm going to enjoy it I'm happy doing it I wake up every morning <clears throat> a lot less stressed yeah I again I, I could just see it you look like a different dude to be quite <laughs> honest with you um so I guess you know for my you know, where I'm going to dig at you today for help is I've talked on this show numerous times. It comes up from time to time. It's a, it's a topic that won't go away, and that's recruiting. I have my own opinion. My opinion by, is just that. Um, I leave the facts for other people. Um, I'm an opinion guy. I, I only know what I know until I don't know. I say right. that a lot. The truth of the matter is this. I have found the recruiting thing to be so muddied and such a problem. And and I think part of the problem is it's such an exciting time and you hear these great stories, but these great stories, there's a lot of great stories that don't end well. And you don't hear about those too much. We don't get the reality too much. What you do get is guys like yourself, Justin Stone, some, you know, some of the other guys I know, Rick Strickland, um, that tell you that there are some harsh realities that go along with these great stories that really make this thing real. Yeah. And, and I know that sounds a little somber, but the truth of the matter is for every great story, there's 10 really rough ones, it seems like to me. Now, maybe I'm exaggerating. I would tell you this. This is the best way for me to explain this. When we would, do it, when we, we would sign a recruiting class, we felt like if half of that recruiting class contributed to our program, um, then it was a success. Yeah, I, you know, and here's the thing. Let me say this. 
where I'm going with this. It's not so much about the kids getting an opportunity to play somewhere. That's a privilege. We yes. know the numbers, right? You cannot yep. – you, you don't have to be uh, – anybody can go find those numbers. They're, they're all over the internet. You can find – this many kids are going to play high school baseball. This yep. many kids are going to play college. <clears throat> this many kids are going to get a chance to play uh, and get paid. This many are going to make it to the highest level. The, those numbers are indisputable. All right. The stories in there <clears throat> are the ones I'm talking about. The – let, let, let's start with some of them, and, and, I, and, and I'll tell you these stories, and then you give me your first thought that comes to mind. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Ready? You bet. You bet. You ready? I'm ready. Joey got a full ride. Uh, doesn't exist very often. I, 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 can, I know in 16 years I never offered anyone a full ride. I do know some players who have got them, uh, but they were, pretty, they were pretty special. Well, let's describe full ride, number one. Number one. Yeah. Typically, I think, yeah, I think sometimes full ride is we're going to give you twenty five percent baseball money, mm-hmm. and you're a twenty eight ACT mm-hmm. three point eight. The rest is going to get covered academically. I think that happens, and we covered your tuition. Yeah, right. now, now it's nine grand a year for room and board, right? <laughs> right, you know, right. They they conveniently leave that out. Not they. I think the parents do it. They got a full ride. Yeah, I think I think is it the fa- is it the Facebook world? You uh, got a full it's, ride. It's a social media world. Yeah, um, I think everybody does it. Do it at the college level too, right? I mean, what's gonna what's gonna sell this? And and the final thing is what's gonna sell the car. And a lot of times it comes down to the price. Um, so when we start talking about percentages uh, at the college level, we sometimes we would talk about it in terms of everything. Uh, sometimes we would talk about it in terms of just tuition and books. Uh, sometimes we talked about it in terms of um, <laughs> maybe just books. I don't know. You know, it just it was whatever was beneficial at that moment. Um, yeah. So that's the number one. I mean, I, yeah. to me, that's the big one. Full ride. Full ride. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, Joey Manning is the only kid that I know. And I'm sure there are other ones for sure. But yeah. Joey but what, Manning is the only kid that I know. He went to Vanderbilt. Obviously high academic and was rumored to have like 110%. Yeah. <laughs> um, rumored. rumored. That's always good too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. So, again, um, and the number is there's X amount of scholarships per year, right? I mean, isn't it? It's a low number. It's 11 uh, and a half. 11.7 at the Division One level. Uh, nine at the Division Two level. And, and, you know, junior college then has, has their own way as well. But – Let's be real honest. A lot of those programs at the Division One level don't have eleven point seven, and most it's because of budget reasons, right? Uh, yeah, budget for sure, hands down. And so even though they by rule can give out eleven point seven, some of them don't have eleven point seven. I would tell you that there's a lot that don't have eleven point seven, and there's a lot of programs that are you would think of as as a mid major that don't have eleven point seven, and at the Division Two level, if you have nine scholarships, um, you're you're on cloud nine. Because that just doesn't exist for most Tough. places. So a coach at that level has really got to recruit. he got to be a good recruiter to get people to come there. If he's not going to give any money, right? Now, there's no shortage of kids that want to play college baseball. Right. So that's you're working on. So um, one thing I'm going to say on that note then, so let's be real honest. I was going to wait on this one, but I think it ties into this part. So let's do this one. How important are academics when it comes to recruiting? Um, 
So, uh, from a college coach's standpoint, uh, it's they're equal, right? It opens up every door. Uh, for instance, if you throw 90 miles an hour and you have a 4.0 GPA and your ACT is a, a 26, we have all kinds of doors that you have opened up for yourself. Uh, if you throw 90 miles an hour and, and you have an 18 ACT, um, a lot of doors have closed. You've closed a lot of doors on yourself. So for oh, but me, wait a minute, Coach. I throw 90. For me, for me, <laughs> in, in, as a college coach, what I said was this. Um, your baseball is 51%. Your academics is 49%. The reality is – because you got to be able to apply to right. The reality is that it's a, it's a little bit you know it's probably flip flop. Really? Yeah. I mean, academics because of are, the money, hands down. I mean, why am I going to? Why am I going scholarship money mainly? Right. Right. Because why? Why when am I going to take a kid when when athletically and baseball wise they're very similar? I'm going to take the 25 ACT where I can get a couple more thousand dollars from the school than I am take, going to take the kid who got a 20 ACT and it's going to come out of my pocket from a baseball standpoint. Right. I'm taking I'm – take, listen, one kid throws 87, one kid throws 86. It's, yeah. it's not that much of a difference. Um, you know, and, and it's funny. The reason I brought that up is because as I, when I first started the conversation, my whole point on it was this. If you – we're starting younger and younger with kids, yes. right? Right? I, oh, we got it. We got – you know – and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I want to say this. Number one, I am not. I'm not bah humbug. I am not. Kids shouldn't be. Do, listen, if your kid wants to do it and you want to do it and they're yeah. having a good time, then knock yourself out. Yes. I don't care how old they are, and I don't care how many games. I don't care. My point is this: you want to spend some real time teaching them at eight and nine and ten what it takes. How much time are you spending going? Hey, have you checked your grade, son? Yeah. Because guess what? That's reality. Yeah. You're, if you want to talk about reality, maybe 8U and 9U top-level baseball is not reality. But you, but teaching your kid good habits in school, teaching your kid how important homework is, studying for tests, doing all that. Now, listen, I think we take that for granted that most parents do that. That is not true. There are a lot of people that think it really doesn't matter, son. You're a great player. It's going to work out. That is untrue. My wife will probably be a whole lot better at that than I am. Um, but what I would tell you is this: I, I look at this thing from a high school standpoint, and I need to probably do a better job at the youth, at the at the younger ages as well. But you know that first semester, your freshman year of high school, uh, is going to have the same effect as your last semester, your senior year of high school. I've seen it a thousand times over. I, I, I listen. I'm going to tell you this: I never you. I'm living it. Uh, yeah, you are. I'm living it. Yeah. My son did not do. You know he. No matter how well he does right now, you know, I've never seen a more discouraged kid than last year when he had a really good semester. And he's turning into a decent player. I don't know that he's a Division One player. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. Because he's just now starting to grow and mature. Good for you for recognizing it. Okay? Listen, this kid was dis- – I've never seen him more discouraged than when he got a really good report card and he saw that it barely brought his GPA yeah. up. <laughs> right. Right. Trying to go back, you know, it listen, telling there's no reason to tell a 15-year-old kid I told you so. No. Because I tried to tell you that your freshman year if you if you don't But listen, they, they I'm not going to make him somebody he's not. Okay? He is who he is. Okay? I I I say this all the time too. I'm not going to do his homework for him. I mean, yeah. he is if he's an average student, then he is an average student. Okay? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate to him how important it is that he study. And ultimately, you make your own bed and you lie in it, right? So I he's agree. learning tough life lessons at a young age. Listen, no different than we did. Everybody learns these lessons to some degree or another. but At different ages. But you know what? What he has to learn now as, a, as, a, as an incoming junior in high school is that his story is not completely written. Maybe the first chapter of his life, if he's in his second chapter, so to speak, there's a long way to go for him. Now, that being said, okay, there's a different avenue probably for my son than your son or your daughter or your son or your daughter. That avenue is one that sometimes needs coaching. That's where you come in. So here's my next one. Well, yeah, man, I mean, uh, I'm 14. My 14-year-old my went to a showcase the other day, and these colleges are all over him. Uh, there were 50 colleges there, and they, they really like him. And then, so then I quickly go to what I call baseline testing. What were his baselines? And, and you can figure these out pretty quick, and, and that is how fast you run, how hard you throw, how hard the ball comes off your bat, all that stuff, right? And that's quickly going to tell me where he probably fits in. You know what's and fun? And then I've got to be honest with you. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that, again, we're back to me. <laughs> and don't, and as a parent, it. don't tell me that, right? Right. That, that's one of my hardest things. As a parent, as a, don't tell me where your son is at. I need to hear it from somebody in terms of a coach. Um, somebody else needs to give me that information. It was either Matt Lyle or Steve Springer, one of the two that tweeted out a few years ago, and I retweeted every now and again because it was such a great quote. Nobody is recruiting your kid based on how good you think he is. No question. That's awesome. Okay. Um, the, 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 the bottom line is this. I told some, somebody said, what are you going to do with Logan? And, I, and I've changed what I've done with him because I think his path is different. And people are like, that's surprising that you did that. And I said, no. I said, because it's reality. Logan has no baseline numbers that a top college is going to go, I got to go watch him play. What he is as a kid that if they watch him play, they think, well, he can play. But he's not 90-something miles an hour off the bat. Um, he's not 99 off the bat. He doesn't throw at 90. He's not a sub-seven runner. He, I, I, th- none of that. Whatever you are in terms of baseline testing, it puts you into a pool. That's right. It puts you into a pool. And then from there, you and, and maybe this is too harsh, but from that point on, once you get into the pool, you sink or swim. And if you go up, more people are going to see you, right? Sure. If you start to go down in terms of your gameplay, less people see you. Um, and, and once you, and I say that because my point being, once you get into the pool of where you are from baseline, now you're playing games. Now you're competing for spots with those colleges. And that upsets some people because I think there's a faction yep. out there that get bent out of shape and say, well, doesn't it matter that my kid's a good player? Well, of course yes. it matters. What, what, th- there's a place for him. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say a name. I wonder if you've been following him. Do you remember Joe Boyle? I do. Okay. friend of our, Joe played on my older son's team when they right. were 14 and played at the Pirates when you were there. Yep. Um, Joe couldn't throw a strike. Yep. He looked like a giraffe on ice skates. <laughs> I remember. Okay. But he threw it. He could throw it. And he didn't even throw it, like, ridiculously hard for that age. He threw it hard. But the real baseball people could see it. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were, I'm not. I hate to use the word jealous, but would knock him down and say, "Why is everybody fawning over this kid? He can't throw a strike. He can't hit. He can't field." 
but they're fawning all over him. I get an email last night saying, have you seen this? Did you see it? The tweet? I saw he was up to 102 last night. Yeah, he's sitting 99 now. He's going to be a – is he going to be a sophomore at Notre Dame? Yes. He's sitting 99, touching 102. Yeah. Okay? And he looks good to me. It's a different bird. Okay? (laughs) It's a different guy. So sooner or later, you have to understand how this thing really works. So you look back on all the people that said, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, you just said it. It's baseline numbers. Yeah. He had a baseline number at a young age. Number one, he throws the piss out of it. Yep. And look at his body. Yep. Okay? That's the next part. I used to tell our guys, I used to tell our guys, don't, and and this is wrong. It it didn't, when I say this, um, now clearly we veered off of this at times. But I would say, don't bring a guy in here. Don't bring a right-handed pitcher in here under six two. Now, I didn't mean that. Because I know what if you there mean. was a kid that was five eleven and he was doing something special. Bring that kid in here. But I felt like there's some projectability there, right? Well, there's the word. There, right. See, there's the word that nobody wants to talk about. You have listen. Is it sometimes you guys gamble? Hands down. I mean, you have to gamble. You are gambling. I'm sure over your years of coaching. You gambled on some kids and it worked, and you gambled on some kids and it didn't pay off. Right. You 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 didn't take some kids. Listen, I, you would be uh, – I know you. You would be a liar if you said that you at one time probably didn't think about recruiting a 5'11 pitcher and didn't take him, and he wound up shoving it up your, your butt at one jump or hey, another. It, it, it has happened. Um, I've also been privileged to, to work along a team that won a, uh, won a super regional – or won a regional – with a kid who was 5'11 and just could compete and threw 86 miles an hour. He just knew how to compete, right? So I w- I've been on the, both sides of that. Here's what I tell people is that in terms of, in terms of college recruiting, um, especially at a, at a mid to high level of college recruiting, if I bring your son in and he is 5'11 and he throws 86 miles an hour and doesn't get outs, whose fault is that? That's my fault for bringing him in. He was undersized. There was no projectability. You took a chance on this kid. On the flip side of that, if I bring in a left-handed pitcher who throws 90-92, and this is, this is what people don't always understand, he doesn't throw strikes yet, but he's getting close, but it's not consistent, and then he never figures it out in the first two years, whose fault is that? It's his fault. Yeah. It, fair or not fair, that's how it's looked at. I'm not, and by the way, I know the answer is that that's not fair, but that's how it's perceived. Well, the, it's, the game's not fair. Th- that's right. You and want so, to do this? See, this is a privilege. It's not a right. So we I always on. say that. Yeah. Um, here's the big one for me too. Now, let, and we're going to come back to the what you would. I don't. They're termed the lower levels, but I think it's the your level. Yeah. I hate to use the term yeah, lower level. I like that. I would rather say your level. That's that's good. Okay, because there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's real. It's, listen. I'm not the best podcaster in the world. I know that. Okay, I have my own level. <laughs> so, okay. So, let's look at look at that one. Yeah, man, I'm I'm going away. And this happened to a kid uh, the the Trey Riley story is a good one. Yep. He is an example of what's really going on out there and you don't hear about it, but it's happening a lot. Kid comes out of high school, good frame, looks the part, a lot of projectability. He's all excited. He shows up on campus and goes, holy shit, there's 40-something kids here. Just like me. Just like me. Yeah. 
And I mean, I'm sure an 18 year old kid's looking around going, I thought you brought me up here to pitch and you threw me one and a half inning. Yeah. And now I'm looking for a new school. Yeah. And, and there are, there are an awful lot of those stories, um, especially at that level uh, of high, I mean, Oklahoma state, you know, we're talking a high, high level. Of You're never done competing for a job. Nope. And, and Trey probably would have fit in fine there in a couple of years. Right. Or maybe yeah. even this year, he would have been fine. Well, I was going to say, I think, yeah, yeah he, he would have been fine. Um, it just happened that when he got on campus, he was 18 years old and he was competing against 22 year olds. And I tell people the body and the mentality between 18 and 22 are very different. Um, and, and those kids at 22 have been through the grind of, of college baseball, of fall baseball. At 18, you're going in and you have one fall. Um, essentially, you have six weeks to win a job. Yeah. And you better be ready to go. Um, a good friend of ours, I know you know Darren Hendrickson over sure. at SLU. Yeah. He says all the time that it's his, it's his opinion that the majority of the kids that go to D1 – don't Not have ready. no business being ready. <laughs> and Darren and I would probably agree on a lot of things um, because he, he's dead on. Because he will tell you, people don't realize how good junior college baseball is. Jim, I'm a, I'm a junior college advocate. It's a, you know, I think people have the wrong impression of junior college baseball, and it's a, it's a great time to grow. It's a great place to save money financially for families. Um, and then – now you go. Now you go to what Darren is saying, and how good junior college baseball is. You get into some of the better junior college baseball conferences in the country, and they'll compete. Uh, maybe not only compete, but win in a lot of Division One leagues. Well, to finish the Trey Riley story, that's exactly what happened to him. We're blessed to have one of the better junior college leagues right here in our backyard yep. in Missouri, Illinois area. John A. Logan, Wabash, Lincoln Trail. Keep going. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Those schools produce. Division one talent and big and 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 professional baseball players, yep. they're churning them out. Yep. And so are other junior. I'm, I'm, but the reality of it There's is, Trey Riley goes and finds a home at John A. Logan, and fast forward, and he's fifth round pick this yep. year by the Atlanta Braves, yep. and got himself a nice little and, check and, and hey, beginning he, his career. He he may have been a fifth round pick after two years at two more years at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Correct. I mean, we just it's tough. It's tough when you're as good as Trey Riley um, is. And you are 18 years old, and you're walking on a major college campus, and and you are expected to be a, a man very quickly. Yeah, I think um, I think here's a big one. Yeah, I'm I'm going to let's use tra- I'm going to Oklahoma State. I mean, uh, how I think people think that when you go somewhere, you're for sure locked into going there for at least the three years, if not four. That's the big myth. Yeah. It's year to year. Year to year. You're trying out year to year. Now, now I think there's there's a lot of schools that that are going to hang in there with you, right? Um, well, I don't I, I don't know the answer to that. That's why I, I, I have you on is. here. You're yeah, the expert. <laughs> I think, and that's part of knowing the people, right? It's part of knowing the people. Um, I don't think, and, and I don't want to name school A and B and 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 whatnot, but I think there's uh, several schools in this area, and there's several schools in the state of Missouri. Um, where we we have good relationships with the coaches and we trust that they're going to hang in there with the kid and and give them time to develop. Well, now the kid's got to do his part. H- hands down. Now that's if the kid's doing his part. Hands down. Now, the kid's not doing his part? You, it, it, not only is part on the baseball field, but it's part academically, it's part um, socially. Yeah. It's a big uh, those part are the easiest it. ones to get rid of. Yeah, because yeah, they get rid of themselves, basically. <laughs> hands down. And, and as a college coach, um, fair or not fair, 
I'm trying to figure a way to save every dime in terms of scholarship. So if you're a borderline player and you have borderline grades and you're borderline causing me problems with um, administration, you're probably borderline out the door. Okay, so let's get into the big one then, and I started to touch on it, the level, your level. Um, one of the most popular shows I've done on this was when my son went through the recruit, my older son, who was an average player, went through the process, and I was ashamed, I was ashamed that I had discounted the Division Three baseball level and its role in all of this. Um, I was Im so impressed. He wound up going to a Division Three school. It was where he belonged. It was a perfect fit for him, baseball-wise. Um, he has now since gotten hurt and is done and has decided to go a different path. But for him, it made sense. The reality is I had some good people around me that said, listen, your kid's a tweener. He's a big kid. He's throwing fairly hard. He sure looks like he's going to throw a lot harder. It's a challenge. He could go to a JUCO, a good one, and he might work out. He may not. He could go to a D2. A lot of schools like to have him. But if he goes to a D3, he can be a guy. He yeah. can be a focus. He can do the and, – and let me tell you, when I went on the tour with him and I watched him play, it was better baseball than I thought it was. Um, it was what I, I listen, and it and it and it was what I thought it was. I, I mean, it was not what I thought it was. It was an eye-opening experience where I learned what it was, and then I was able to go out and adequately describe it after I saw other schools as well. There are kids there that can play, and it provided an opportunity for my son. And I discounted it beforehand, and I was ashamed of it. And I don't want people to make the same mistake I did, that it is an opportunity for kids that want to play baseball. I would say this. At the Division II level, we had um, uh, the two players that come off the top of my head very quickly, a, a kid named Robbie Gordon, who came out of junior college to, to Maryville. And by the time he left Maryville, he was a Division I. He was a Division I guy. He was hurt. He had Tommy John. He had to get through some stuff. He was a Division I guy. He got on the field, and he was able to get better because he got on the field and worked at it. The other guy for me is a kid named Dalton Schumer. Dalton Schumer uh, redshirted his first year at Maryville. Um, and he, he's a very smart – academically, he's well ahead of the curve. He knew what he wanted to do with his life academically. But he finished at Maryville, for me, as probably one of the top Division II players in the country and could have very easily fit into some Division I schools. But he was allowed to get on the field much earlier in his career, which provided him the opportunity to get um, a lot more experience and become a better baseball player. I doubt if either one of them at any moment while they were competing at the Division II level looked down and said, man, this jersey should say Mizzou on it. Because they're competing in that very moment, right? Right. And, and that's kind of how I explain this. We find we together need to find the right fit for every kid individually and then, and then go out and just compete. Go out and compete and enjoy, enjoy the opportunity that you've been given to play this game a little bit longer because it's going to end at some point. And I can assure you that you will never look down at your jersey and say, if you are a Webster, that you should look, you'll never look down at your jersey and say, while you're playing, this thing should say St. Louis University on it. Yeah, You know what I mean? You're competing for Webster. You're competing with your friends. You're, you're, you're getting after it with your boys. Um, and it's about finding the right fit, the right place. And that, that's full circle, man. That's academics. That's, uh, that's baseball. That's socially. Um, that's financially. There's a lot of things that go in on that. What's the hardest part for you 
Um, is it the I, real I, conversation? I, the you real have to conversation, because I you, think you, yeah, you, you, I, I would imagine. I don't mean. Please stop me if I'm wrong. And man, I I would think the hardest part of your job is. Do you sometimes feel like a dream killer? Yeah, and, and that was as a coach too, right? Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to um, tell somebody they're not good enough to play at, at at the school you're coaching at. And then on this flip side of it, um, on the side that we are in now, where we're trying to help families, um, yeah, you feel like it, um, you know that you know that you are obligated to be honest with them um, because that that puts you in the right direction with them. Um, so I think that the dream killer part. Possibly, and what I mean, I let, let me a, let, 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 let me elaborate on that because that say, that sounds awful. Yeah, so let me elaborate on say more Let me elaborate on that. Let me elaborate on that. What I mean is, and because I've talked to other people in your role, I, I obviously you know the guy well, Justin Stone. Yeah. And them, the, what I mean by that is this: you, you sit down and have a real conversation with somebody, and he says, "Hey, I want you to write down some schools," and they come in. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Louisville, yeah. Oklahoma State, and you're looking at a kid, and in your mind, you were hoping he was coming in with some yeah. D three schools. But I probably knew better, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. Then that's what I was talking about. That that situation. That conversation gets real, yeah. And that that's okay. I enjoy I enjoy that conversation if we can have open dialogue. Well, and in the end too, if if you help that person, you have done a great job. You have no idea, um, just because that's the hard one. Yeah, the thank yous that you get afterwards when people realize we did it right. Um, but yeah, I would. I think, yeah, I think um, showing them that there are other opportunities is probably a better way to put it, right? right? Um, and and that that I'm okay with. It's making them understand that those opportunities are great opportunities. Sure. I mean, and we know, like you said, we know the numbers of how many guys play Division One, Division Two, and, and on down the line. There's very few people that get a chance to play this um, in the big scheme of things. They get a chance to play this game beyond high school. It's a it, it's a privilege. I always say privilege. that it's not a right. It's nope. a privilege. Yeah, and and you know what separates what separates uh, most of us. So, and for me, most of us fit into this huge pool of we're nice baseball players, right? There's only a few that fit outside of that pool that are very special um, and, and end up in let's say the ACC, SEC, whatever it may be. The rest of us fit into this huge pool. And, and our baseline numbers are essentially close to the same. And those people that uh, rise to the top, they end up being your hardest workers. Yeah. They end up working their tails off for it, you, academically and baseball-wise. You know what's amazing is uh, I have a friend that coached uh, college soccer, yeah. female college soccer. He coached both, men, men's and boys. Um, he became the head coach of the girls' team. And, you know, when he was moving up in college to do this, he said, you know, I've got to do so many clinical hours. I, you know, coaching is very serious. And this is when we were younger. He went to a he went to a, a convention, and you did clinic hours and things like that. And he come back, and we were talking about this is when youth sports was really starting to blow up. And he was kind of saying, you know, hey, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on out here that's crazy and this and that. And he says, you know what I've learned? Pay attention to the kid that's hungry, that works hard, that listens, that's coachable, that has a tremendous work ethic, that has the parents that stay out of it. They yep. just pay attention to that kid. Chances are he's got a chance. Uh, good chance. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's a lot. That, there's there's a lot that goes into it. Um, in your role, so you really are kind of getting to put your your hands in the dough here, so to yeah. speak. Okay, what is it you want to do with the role that either might be? I'm, 
better, different? How are you going to approach this thing that's going to separate you from what other people are doing and probably based on your own experiences or, or what you think is important? What's going to what's going to define how you do this role for the for for your Gators baseball club? Well, I think the number one thing is that that we um, I don't want to force kids to work hard. Like th- that for me is out. If you've got to force a kid to work hard at something, um, they're they're not the right guy either, right? You want you want people to do this thing on their own. So it's providing people with an opportunity um, to get better, which is is what the Missouri Gators do. It's basically a, an opportunity for you, um, and then set a format where these kids can now come to the academies and they can choose to do that. We're not forcing, we're not going to force these academies down their throat. Hey, listen, what I do know though, is at the end of the day, the harder you work at this, the chances are that you're going to rise a little bit to the top. And, and so that's really what our academies are for. It's not to tell you to, to push them down your throat by any means. Secondly, for me, it's really about being honest with people. From the very first moment they walk in the door, I can be real straightforward with them, and I can tell them right where their kid fits in from a baseline standpoint. I can almost tell you where you fit in from a size standpoint um, and, and then where we need to go. The biggest problem that people don't understand, I think, is they think they're working hard, mm-hmm. and they have no idea how hard they have to work to play college baseball at any level. I know um, I've gotten to know the guys at Missouri State a little bit over yeah. the years from running into them. I know somebody that went to school there. I watched this kid work his butt off to be the player he was. And when I saw him at the convention and we were talking about, you know, the kid wound up going there, it didn't work out. And they weren't bad-mouthing the kid by any stretch. And I said, man, I was really surprised by that because he the kid was a worker. And he goes, the guy goes, look, no disrespect. I don't think anybody has any idea how hard we work at our level. No. And I wound up talking to that kid, and he said, You're not, they're not lying. Yeah. He goes – it, it's a it's a job. Playing college baseball is a job. It's funny. I heard I saw somebody say this not too long ago too. If you're struggling to play high school baseball, to 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 do your work for your program baseball, and get your homework in and live your junior senior year life in high school, if you're struggling to do that, college baseball is not for you. It's not for you and because it, it's a job. Yeah. On top of your other responsibilities, Jim. There's not too many people that that can just roll out of bed and and be that great of a baseball player. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. it's Listen, yeah. you, if you choose not to come to a Missouri Gators infield academy, that's on you, man. That's 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 So be it. Don't come. But I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet that you're probably not that special of an infielder that, that there's colleges just begging for you to come to their school. It, it's just reality. Yeah, I, there's great stuff out there sometimes you see, you know, like, you know, uh, 10% of the people don't want to, you know, want to do and 10% don't get it. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you always see those things. Yeah, I, love it, those things. I, I love those because they're accurate. They're dead on. Listen, there is, I will say this. Here's the thing about it. And I think this is what ultimately as you get knee deep in this is as you form this thing. The one thing we do know this, there's no secret. This isn't no, no secret. It takes hard Zero. work. It takes, listen, you got to have talent. Yep. It takes a, and, and, and no matter how talented you are, it takes a ton of hard work. But the one thing you can't control is you got to surround yourself with good people, too. Hands down. That's the one thing that I think we take for granted a little bit sometimes. And it, I'll give you another piece of this. Be proactive in your own recruiting, right? Yeah. Like, i, I got to tell you something. I, I, I'm not, not going to name names, but one of the things is this. I, I got I to – uh, I'm sorry. One of our other guys got an email from someone that said, so-and-so is going to kick doors down for me recruiting. No, they're not. 
Yeah. No, they're not, man. You're going to kick your own doors down. Like They might open the door and they might turn a, a knob for you. You're going to do your own work and you're going to kick the door down. If, if you're looking for somebody, I can tell you right now, if you're looking for somebody to kick a door down for you, I'm the wrong person to be around. Interesting. Um, one of the first recruiting conversations I ever had was with Justin Stone over lunch when he was doing the uh, the high school baseball coaches convention in St. Louis. Yeah, We were sitting over there having lunch. He was trying to give me a little bit of, of thought on Tyler and, and what he thought and this and that. And I kid you not, he looked right at me and said, well, have you done this, this, this and this? And I went, well, no. And he goes, why not? And I, and I said, well, I mean, they, he goes, listen, if you're not re- helping re- get your son recruited and if your son's not working, then shame on both of you. Yeah. Truth. If you think, he goes, biggest myth, they're out there. If they're out there, they'll find you. Nah, myth. He goes, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Yeah. He goes, this game is littered with guys that fought for an opportunity and then went in and took advantage of said opportunity. And the majority of them are the same across the board in some way or the other. He's like, it, I cannot tell you how often that happens. He goes, so listen. Uh, he goes, just being honest. You if you want to sit back and wait to be recruited, good luck. And I hope it works out for you. But the early bird gets the worm in here, my friend. Yeah. If you're a 6-6 runner, it's different, right? Well, if yeah, you're, now you're if back you to light, what, though? What would right, you say you're earlier? Back now you're back to the baseline. Yeah, if you've got light tower power, uh, we're different. Um, you know, but most of us don't fit into that category. And, yeah, most, and, yeah. and as a, the colleges, they want to know that you're, you're a grinder, man. You're going to get after it every day. And and when I hear parents um, and kids tell me how hard they're working, and, and I'm in the facility every day, and and I don't see you working every day or every other day, it, it's hard for it's hard for me to put my name on you. Last thing, I'm a, I, that's the last thing I wanted to touch on. I had a conversation with some kids one day, and I said, "Do you really think that because mom and dad paid this guy to coach you for a couple years that you're entitled to a letter or a recommendation from him?" I think people believe that. Hey, man. I think people believe, and I've explained this to people. Let me, let me ask you a question. So this guy is good at helping kids get where they need to go. Do you think he got good at that by lying to people? Because it will come back and bite you. Yeah. I'm not willing to put my name on, on, on a kid who I, who I know is not going to go work hard for one of my friends. I, you've been on the other side of it, I'm sure. Have you probably yeah. not looked at a guy and said, hey, the last kid you sent here told yeah. me he worked hard, and now you're telling me this kid, which one is it? 100%. I've been on the good side of it too, right? Right. I've been on the, uh, and and the, the good side, you just keep going back in. You keep going back. Hey, got another kid. Heck yeah. And man. you know what's funny is. Um, Dave Payton is one of those people up in um, with the Sparks. You know, you know what's amazing is I, I think. Some of the coolest stuff I, I did at the convention was walking around with some of the guys that are well thought of in that world, like Justin Stone, Strickland. Justin, you know, right. listen. When I walked through there with Justin, every college coach would stop him, yeah, and they all said to him, "Do you have anybody for me?" And you know what? He I, told him the truth. He said, "Not right now." <laughs> I, he said, "I might have a guy next year that's mm. a that's a sophomore. It's going to be a big off season for him. Yeah. Let's see if he get I, it." And I'm not talking about some school I've never heard of. I'm talking about the big ones. And and, and I looked at him and I said, Justin, I mean, don't. He goes, I can't send a kid there to him that doesn't belong there. Yeah. 
And he's doing the same thing for the Division Twos and Division Threes right. and the Junior Colleges too. Justin's yeah. doing the same exact thing. And so is hey, hey, and so is Rick. And 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 you know, I've got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, just because I know they shoot people honest. I, I, I had to deal with them on the other side. I, I deal with them is the wrong way of saying it, but work with them on the other side of it. And those were those were those were your guys. Well, that's would, who you were going I, back I, into I, the, the, the I, honeypot for. I sat in a meeting with Rick down there when not a meeting, it was an impromptu thing when we were and I watched this kid. I thought this kid was a hell of a player. And this coach is like, and Rick goes, eh, you know, and I'm like, there was a part of me that's sitting here going, are you knocking your own player? He's, yeah. like, he's like, I'm not knocking my player. There's a place my, for that guy. My kid needs to, you know, uh, I remember uh, Mark Smith. You remember yeah, Mark yeah. Smith? Yeah, yeah. When he decided to go to Mizzou over Missouri State, now he wound up, we obviously know yeah. he's, he took his path to basketball instead. But I was at lunch with Rick when that happened. And he just kind of looked down, and I said, isn't that great? And he goes, well, I, yeah. listen, I, 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 you know, ultimately if the kid, this is what he really wants, and he's a special talent, he's got special talent, but yeah. Missouri State would have been a better place for him. Yeah. You know, he could, like he right would now. really need, uh, Evans would help him. He really would. He goes, eh, but, man, he goes, some kid, you know. So that's a tough thing. The other side of it, Jim, is this, that, we probably have this relationship with these coaches, and we can tell you um, the 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 uh, I'm gonna say it like this: the beating around the bush is a lot less uh, between the colleges and the the um, summer programs anymore, because we all know each other, right? Yep. And we all have so you can't run down to Alabama, and I don't know a lot about Jason Jackson. He <laughs> and I work together, you you know. So you Jason can't feed one of our players a line. Um, because I'm I'm going to know if it's a line or not. So right. this is a this is a great relationship that we have going on, and nobody's burning that bridge. You know, Matt Weisside's not burning that bridge with the Gamers. I'm not burning that bridge for the Gators. Rick Strickland's not burning that bridge with his program. It's not happening um, for for one kid. Well, I was going to say you guys already it, listen. It's inherent that you're going to be wrong about somebody. Sure. You know, you just try to limit it. <laughs> but I think the things – what I'm talking about here is it's one thing to say that you really believe in a player, his performance ability. I'm talking about, man, this kid works his butt off, and then yep. the kid shows up on campus and he's out all night and does, misses practice. Nope, he's the res most responsible kid I've ever been. He's out in trouble all the time. Nope, the kid's – mom and dad are great. Mom and dad are emailing the coach every day. How come I you – know, those are the things I'm talking about. Right. The things that you can – that you know for sure – that would be an outright lie if you told them. And that's what I tried to explain to these kids one day is it can't happen. And word travels fast, right? Yeah, yeah. and then you're burnt. Because yeah. what I've noticed is it does seem like most of you guys that are good at this, you have a you have your pipelines. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, obviously, and, and you know, I've known Rick a long time. Yep. Rick sends a lot of guys to certain schools. Yep. There's a pipeline there. Those guys keep. And they're going to keep coming. They keep coming. Hey, I really liked him. I really liked him. I really liked him. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yeah. I'm sure everybody has those. I mean, high schools have them. I mean, you know, I like sure. I know like I have a pretty good idea where I think Logan probably has an opportunity to go play baseball based on other kids that have come through right. Edwardsville High School and, right. and where they've wound up that I think are good fits for him. Yep. And, and and it is as simple as if Tim believes that that's a good fit for Logan and he says, Hey, then that's carries a lot of weight. Right. No different than if Logan was that player and he played in your organization and you called. I, I, I there he is. Know, who, hey, here's a, here's another kid for you that's similar to so and so. He's going to give you exactly what he gave you. Here's all the positive, couple of things about him. But but that's 
See, that's all the stuff that's really going on versus what we think's going on. Here's another one for me, Jim, that, that people don't realize. The colleges, the coaches are these, – these coaches are recruiting, and they have, they have a purpose behind what they're doing. They're not running. You're not going to see um, – you're not going to see Missouri State very often run out to California for a kid. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to stay in their 250-mile radius. Yeah. And, and our kids need to understand that as well. Like, the majority of the schools that are going to see you are within this 200 to 250-mile radius. That's where you're going to be recruited. It doesn't mean that there's not kids that will go outside of that, but they're few and far. Well, we're talking about a very small percent. I mean, we're already talking about a small percentage. Um, we're already talking about a small percentage that are going to get the opportunity. Then we're talking about out of that pool – a very small cup that are that point-something percent that can really go anywhere they want to go. I mean, we're talking about – and most of these are going to be draftable kids. Yeah. See, that's another thing. Now you're getting into the draftable kids, and those are – again, the whole thing – listen, I think what we've learned today is guys like Seth are becoming more and more valuable. Not Number one, they're valuable to their club. Okay? They're valuable to their club because of what they provide – but the honesty and the education is important. I've said on this show a hundred times over. I, you know, I'm I, I, in St. Louis. I'm fortunate enough to know most of the guys involved in the, in the clubs. They all do a great job. They're all a little different. They've all got a few things they do that are different than the other that maybe they're a little better at. Maybe they're not as good at. But they all have their personalities and who they want to be in their club. Good for them. But at the end of the day, if you don't research this, and if and if you if your son has aspirations, and remember that word, aspirations, there are no guarantees in this thing, right? But, hey, I, I can tell this is something he really wants to do. This has to be a part of your conversation. How do I move forward with this? What do I do? I, be honest. I'm just a parent. I'm not sure. How do I do? How do that's where guys like Seth come in. And most of your top organizations are going to have a guy like Seth, Okay. Again, what I think is neat about the whole thing is knowing you is that you're going to get to put your stamp on how you do it at the Gators. I know they've given you full support um, to build this thing the way you want to do it, and I know you're looking forward to filling this role because I I can only imagine you've done it on the coaching side. uh, Helping a kid achieve a dream, there has to be no feeling like that. And now you're really going to spend a lot of time doing that on a daily basis, so I'm happy for you in that. I'll tell you what, I work with good, good people, man. I, I, I've got great owners, um, Jake DePew and, and Cody Fick, uh, on this high school development side. Um, I think we can take this to a, a different different place, and I'm just really happy with the people that I work with. Uh, and, and it goes beyond it goes beyond those three guys and, or those two guys and our owners. There's a lot of other people involved. But um, it's just, like I said, it's a pleasure to work with these guys. It's a pleasure – to work with kids that want to get better for me. That's what it is for me. If, if you want to get better, I tell kids all the time, if you're going to put in 50%, I'll put in 50%. If you're going to put in 100%, then let's get to work and let's, let's, let's figure out where we go. Um, you know, I'm not, I do not think our high school, um, and my owners will have a fit probably with, by me saying this, I don't think our high school program is for everybody, and, and I mean that. Uh, but I do think that the kids that it is right for, um, I, I'm going to um, – we're going to embrace them. We're going to work our tails off with them, and and we're going to do everything we can to help them achieve their dream. 
um, and, and make that dream realistic. Well, you know what you just said, and I understand you're being respectful to your owners about saying that you don't. But see, here's the thing. This is my problem, and this is why I'm glad you said it. I think everybody has to understand that what you do isn't for everybody. And here's the problem. I, I know a guy that preaches this. Round hole, square peg, or square hole, or square hole, round peg. Quit. We got to quit trying to fit where we don't fit. Yeah. Find out what's important to you. Find out what it is. Separate yourself. Now, listen, that's inherent on the, the, the participant. Now, on the clubs, be who you are. Don't sell yourself as being something you're not because all it does is you got bigger problems later on. See, I, I've been I've been following all these different I think everybody does stuff really well. Yeah. In their in, in their lane, so to speak. Stay in your lane. You know what I mean? But be who you are. And I getting to know your owners, I think that's who they're trying to be who they are. And, and again, I listen. Great organizations here, I, no matter where. And I know, I mean, I've got people that listen to this in other countries, much less all over the all over the United States. And thank you. I guarantee you, this is not isolated to St. Louis, Missouri, folks. No. This is all over the country. There are probably no less than within a hundred. Well, let's not even say a hundred. Within fifty square miles of where you're at, there are probably no less than two or three organizations that are organizing baseball from the ground up to provide you the things that everybody's trying to do it is incumbent on you to do the research these places have never made it more easy for you to research who they are what they're about and listen thanks to social media and i always say this too you're going to get the good and the bad you got to be you got to use your head a little bit and think about it okay when, if somebody's giving you a bad report on an organization, listen to what they're saying and use your head, okay? Think about the things that really matter when it comes to it, okay? And know this, you're never, ever getting the whole story, okay? Do your homework. Find out for yourself. Find out for yourself. I, it, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I, you guys got a thankless job sometimes. You're not going to make everybody happy. But I can tell you that I think Knowing you, I think the, 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 the reward you're going to get is when those kids say, this is where I'm going to get to continue this. That's, it's it's going to be just an amazing thing for you as you move forward. Yeah, Jim, you're, you're right. You're 100% right. And the other thing is the kid that, um, the kid that may have been – the one we forget about is the kid who may have been a Division three player, right, just yeah. based on his baseline stuff. And he works his tail off, and those baselines take him to a different level. Yeah. And maybe he still ends up in Division three. But it's just um, those are the rewards for me, um, honestly. Those kids that want to work hard and take their game to a different place, um, that's going to be the reward. Yeah. I, again, I, you know, I, I I'm happy for you. Like I said, when I saw you this Appreciate morning, it. you look like a different cat. <laughs> Not that there was anything wrong with you before, but my my point is, I mean, you know, baseball's a grind, man. Grind. It's a grind at all levels, not just the player. To, to your point, I mean, if you got a bunch of good kids around you, you're going to have to give as much as they do. Now, it's a great give, right? Yep. But, listen, the recruiting thing is such – God, it's it's so mythical. I, I know. tell people – I think I saw my wife one time when I was at South Alabama. I saw her, I think, five days and four months, yeah. like five full days. Well, there's another thing. You want a career in baseball? Good luck. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have you back on again because awesome. I, I want to have a full – I'm I've wanted to do this. 
I want to have a show dedicated to nothing but early recruiting because it's jacked up. Early recruiting. Ah, boy, I can see the look on your face. Can I I say something real quick about it before we go into it? Yeah. It's like this. I know some people are really against it. I don't have – I don't go one way or the other. I I don't really have an opinion. It's right for some people and it's wrong for some people, right? But I say this. If you had a business – and and you can disagree with me, and it's okay. But if you had a business and and it was a a booming business and you had a chance to sign a 14-year-old genius – into your business you, that you thought was going to take your business to a different level, would you do it? Yeah, I guess I would. And, and that's what these colleges are doing. If they can and, – and Yeah, but the problem is there's no – I mean – see, I'm going to say that the problem is is that it's not – there's nothing guaranteed there. Okay. But then again, there's nothing guaranteed really ever, is there? Except for the first year after you sign a letter of intent? I think that's a different. That's a that's, that's a, a different, different conversation. It's a it's the same conversation. It's a different part of the same conversation. I, I I'm talking about the initial recruitment of a 14 or 15 well, year old. Let me let me say this. What I think, and again, I I, I want to save this because this is going to be good because you've just brought up something that I've never heard explained that way, and that's a great thing to say. Because I will say this. I think the problem is I think you bring in the human element to it, and you sit there and you go, because most people can't even comprehend a 14 year old having that type of skill level that a school like that would say, I know I want him. Because I live in a world where my 14-year-old <laughs> couldn't get up on time. Could, and I'm trying – listen, listen, what I've always said about it is this. You're telling me that a 14-year-old kid knows where he wants to spend four of the most formidable years of his life? Come on. I Come hear on. you. And then as a college and – And listen, and you know that I know some that have done it I know. very closely. And then as a college, I turn around and say, well, it's a family decision. It is a family decision. But again, some kids are mature. Yeah. I mean, you, know I'm, you know I'm tied with the Westcott family. Yeah. It's tough. Drake's whole thing, I mean, him hearing him talk about the schools was much more mature than my son would have talked about sure. the schools. But th- again, each situation is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just um, everybody's path's different. That's that. That's how I try to think about it. Sometimes, if I just if I had a business and I it was a, a computer business, let's say, and this kid was 14 years old and understood every last detail of computers and the direction the the world was going in technology, would you take a chance? Would you want him in your Would you want him in your business? Makes sense. Makes sense. Hey, thanks for being on. You today. bet, man. I appreciate it, Tom. I appreciate it. So you're thankful. Gonna, you're coming back because we're going to do this early recruiting thing. Because, I mean, I got I. I I bet you – here's the thing. My goal is to get – you see in the studio here, we yeah. got four chairs. Yeah. I want to fill the other two chairs with yeah. guys that do what you do. Yeah. My guess is if you guys don't get together beforehand, I'm going to get three different thoughts for sure. And you guys are all great at what you do. I think we would all have a good a good um, discussion. Yeah. No, it would be a great discussion, but it would be amazing the different of opinion on yeah. this. And, again, how are opinions, how are opinions formed? By things that have happened. Yeah. You know? I mean, seriously. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm excited about it. This is going to be a good one. I can't wait to do it. Thank you. I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Hey, one last time. How can people learn more about Missouri Gators Baseball? MissouriGators.com. See us on the Illinois side, the Missouri side, and uh, Gators Baseball Academy. Um, Big things are coming. Yeah, you guys are doing huge things in the St. Louis (laughs) market. Now the Illinois side. Yeah. And I do know, and I know you keep talking about Jake. Obviously, I've known him since he was young. Man, Man, could he hit. Woo! Hey, Jake's one of the top two. He's good. He was good. 
Yeah. I, I, I like he was him. already committed and headed to Louisville before I could ever see him play. Yeah, he a good one. Um, all right. Uh, special thanks to Seth for that. Again, I know people love it when we get it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, and this is a guy that's been on both sides of it, and I wanted to take that opportunity for you. Uh, right now we're going to go to my man, uh, the one, the only, Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation, as he brings you the rope report each and every week. Special thanks again to everybody over at the Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. Of course, I love Earl Perrin. I love Chris Vernon and everything they've done. But when a Hall of Famer like John Smoltz takes 30 seconds out of his Hall of Fame speech to address a growing arm problem in this country, I'm going to listen. And if he's going to associate himself with these guys, it's the real deal. Let's hear what Kurt McNabb has for us. Take it away, Kurt. Well, well, Jim, your card stayed pretty quiet as a team, but boy, has Matt Carpenter ever tore it up since June. Year after year, it's just fun to watch that guy play. Just like Matt, you tore it up today on Youth Baseball Talk, and it's just a blast being with you every week. Dirtbags, I sure hope you really appreciate what Jim and the team provides you week in and week out, because we sure do here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. As Jim mentioned, I'm Kirk McNabb, and here's my thoughts on this week's episode of The Rope Report. This is primarily for all you parents listening. I'm asking and telling you that if you really want the best, or if you really want to be the best parent you can can to your son or daughter, then you have to stop being their friend. That's right. I'm going here because there's times that my job is dirty, but the reality is that Nolan Braden and I will always do everything we can for the players first and foremost it doesn't matter whether it's during our mindset programs our hands-on training programs online training programs guest speaking engagements or just watching games or practices we see and talk to parents every day trying to live their dreams through their children or always defending them and making excuses our biggest red flag that we see and hate is when parents tell us i don't do that or my son or daughter want to do this, and the child simply doesn't show any signs of what mom and dad are telling us. Just be honest. Be truthful. If you really want your child to have fun playing this game and see how far they can go, then yes, support them fully. You have to, and completely as their parents, but not as their friend. Seriously, stop right now if this is you, or contact me right now to help you stop. If you don't, your child will end up hating baseball, which is unacceptable by us, but ultimately end up hating you in the long run. It will happen, trust me, because we see it regularly, and I've seen it every year for the last 30 years of doing this. It never changes, and we have to. We're smarter, let's act smarter, let's be smarter. We've seen it with our personal friends of Nolan and Braden as well growing up. And these friends now have zero relationship with their parents because of it. Stop, please. It's horrible to see it. Our personal story here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation is this. We are in no way a physical family in any way, shape, or form. My wife has complete understanding of being a great parent who just wanted Nolan and Braden to have fun playing whatever sport they played. They were also lucky to have grandparents who saw and traveled with us to as many possible games as they could make. Tremendously supportive, but always kept it in perspective. Since I coached or trained them for a lot of their youth sports days, I wanted to make sure I never crossed that line in regards to taking the fun away from them as well. I kept it serious when necessary, but always finished every conversation by asking them, what 
they wanted to improve on at the next practice or game and what they love most about their practice or game that day. It kept me in perspective. It kept everything in perspective. Two questions. What did you want to improve on the next time out? And what did you love about today? I told them point blank also that if I ever made their sports experience not fun, then this was the only time that they were allowed to hit me. Call me down, say, Dad, I need to talk to you, and hit me as hard as you can because that way I would be reminded that I was being a parent that was taking the fun and the love of the game away from them. And that's not fair. Well, let me tell you, thank goodness they never had to hit me and we were able to enjoy all their sporting experiences. Nolan went on to play college ball. Braden was offered scholarships to play, but didn't because he had no idea what he wanted to study academically. And yes, I was devastated immediately because of him not wanting to go. And he had all kinds of potential for baseball. But then he reminded me that you can't just go to college to play baseball. You know what? He was 100% correct. And it hit me, and so just as quick as I was devastated, I was completely okay again and supported his choice because it was his, not mine, and that wouldn't have been fair to him. It's all completely worked out as they both played professionally in France last year, and they now work with me here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. So let me tell you, the reality is this, parents. You get one chance to be a parent, so don't screw it up by always trying to be your child's friend. Love them, discipline them, teach them how to win and lose, teach them to persevere in baseball and in life, teach them how to be great teammates, respectable to their coaches, teachers, friends, and peers as their parents and not as their friends. Do not always buy their friendship, coddle them, defend them, make excuses for them, buy their way onto teams, all right? And you know the list goes on. You've been there. You'll only create a child that lacks confidence, the communication skills necessarily in life, and so on. Be better. Be a dirtbag parent. And if you don't think you can, you can, then contact us for help. Again, yes, it's a dirty job. And we live for it because play, or paying this game forward and the life skills that come with it is what we're all about. I'm personally inviting you to join the thousands of others who are part of the nation by contacting us right now at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Or you can contact me by phone at 226-821-2402 right now. And we will get your mind right for baseball and for life. You can also always follow us at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, that's at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, on Facebook and Instagram. That's all I have to say this week on The Rope Report. So we're looking forward to hearing from all you dirtbags, new and old. And until next week, it's time to get out there and get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great stuff as always, and again, um, I can't say enough about those guys. Congratulations, um, too, goes out to Earl Perrin and everybody associated with The Rope Trainer. Um, they were able to, a lot of you, you know, for some of those out there that had the privilege of playing at Lake Point in, in Atlanta, which is, you know, one of the premier destinations in the, in the world, really, for prospect baseball, um, Earl, and then were able to gain entrance in there as a vendor. 
Um, that's a big deal. Um, you get in front of the really the top percentages of kids in the country and, and kids that are involved in the game, and they had a massive summer there uh, with the rope trainer on display. Congratulations. It was well-earned. Um, you've done your homework. You've done everything asked of you. People asked for data. You gave it to them. Don't tell me. Don't tell me why it's better than doing the towel drill. Show me. Explain it to me. They did it, and it was a challenge, guys. Let me tell you something. They gambled. They paid the money. They had it researched. It could have came back no different. So they took that gamble, and it paid off big time for them because now we know that it's huge in helping with this arm problem. That's the ropetrainer.com. My man over at PrecisionImpact.ca, Dirk Dombrowski, they do a great job. They provide quality products for affordable prices. Again, PrecisionImpact.ca for your training equipment. They do uh, quantity discounts. If you're going to fill your gym, your facility, uh, I love, you know, the, the product that I always bring up with them are those, those heavy-weighted sand balls that you use. I used them for years. Uh, you know, you take them with you. It helps kids learn how to drive through the baseball. If you find yourself in a situation without a cage and you want to get some swings beforehand, you see them all over the place. They've got them. Reasonable cost. Don't forget when you check out, type in Youth Baseball Talk in the discount or the coupon area. You're going to receive an additional 10%. Dirk Dombrowski has been a great addition to Youth Baseball Talk. Everybody loves to hear him speak. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Thanks so much, Jim, and thanks so much, Youth Baseball Talk, for everything that it is you guys do. It really means a lot. Um, on today's Precision Impact Rundown, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the time of year that we're coming up to for most teams. Um, for my, myself, my team, where our season kind of came to a bit of an abrupt end. Um, and it, it's honestly, it's a little bit of a weird time right now because of the transition we're making from playing literally every day from five to six days a week between practicing and playing um, to virtually nothing right now. And I think for a lot of coaches, a lot of preparation into this transitional period goes a really long way. Um, a lot of kids can lose focus because, well, now they they don't have commitments to baseball, so they, you know, they think that this is an opportunity to go and completely let loose and, and forget what it is that they uh, want to accomplish. So I, I think that before um, before the kids get out of hand too too much, I think it's really important to sit down. You know, preferably with each and every one of them, or maybe as a team, and, and whether it be giving them a little bit of a speech and making them cl uh, pretty clear as to what they should be looking for or what they should be doing here within the next couple of weeks, or, you know, wh which is what I'm going to be doing here, which is sitting down with each and every player individually and sort of, you know, explaining to them what I saw in the season, explaining to them what I'd like to see come out of them if they plan on playing next year um, and it's just having a pretty genuine conversation with them and I think it's really important going into the fall coming up here shortly that players have set new goals or they've reflected on their old goals and you know it's as a coach you play a huge role in helping them kind of figure out what's going to make them better what's going to uh, allow them to get more playing time was it their mental side of the game was it their physical side of the game was it a skill side of the game um, was it a strength part of the game I think I think kids and players really need to know where can they improve upon because a lot of kids just um, don't really see that they you know they don't really see anything wrong with what it is they're doing they always assume that it's the coach choosing not to play them 
So I think it's really important to have a pretty serious conversation, sit down the player, you know, talk about the season, talk about some of the ups, talk about some of the downs, um, and just sort of reflect and prepare them for this huge and very important offseason, especially if as they're approaching um, 16, 17, 18. I think it's really important that you speak as clear as you can and explain to them some of the areas that they need to work on um, for the offseason. Now, I got involved with Precision Impact because I believe so strongly in their products and what their products are doing for baseball, especially in the offseason. I, you know, I consider myself more of an offseason coach than anything because of um, the enjoyment I get from the training and the strength training and the skill training and everything like that. I think it's really important. Um, if you haven't checked out our Precision Impact website, please do. Please go check it out. It's really important that at the very least you just be aware of what it is uh, youth baseball talk is partnered with as well as what it is that we can provide um, I myself am a huge advocator for there are velo bands our um, plyo bombs um, and from a pitching standpoint now as a hitter our products can even expand even further than that as well as recovery um, which is something that I don't think a lot of younger coaches um, or even older coaches are fully aware of the importance of understanding what recovery is and how it works. Um, so if you have any questions regarding that, please feel free to email me, email me as well, um, which my email will be on the website there. Um, and check out our equipment. Uh, the reason why I'm mentioning that now is because a lot of the equipment we are um, trying to provide for teams and players, I find is the greatest off-season trainers you can possibly think of. Um, whether it be for more of a strength training side of things, whether it's even trying to teach your players or your, your, your son um, or daughter how to warm up properly. I used all of our plyo bombs. Every player on our team received a set of plyo bombs. Every player received a set of velo bands. And those became an intricate part of our dynamic warm-up. It literally literally was the way that we were trying to teach kids how to warm up instead of standing around in a circle stretching and pulling their arm across their chest for 30 minutes you know these kids had a bit of a sweat by the time the game started they were you know they were loose but not too loose when they started their game at catch these tools I, I truly believe we're going to be a bit of a staple in every team in the next 10 or 15 years. I, I really think that every kid is going to own a set uh, of plyo bombs or velo bands or whatever you may have. Um, and the pitchers, you know, are probably going to own a small trampoline or a small rebounder and understand how to use these types of things. Um, if you're an open-minded coach and you want to see a bit more of a competitive edge and you want to provide, you know, the absolute best opportunity for all your players, or maybe it's just for your son, I think it's really important you go check our website out, see see the products that we're providing. Have any questions? Please reach out to me and contact me and ask some questions. And you know, that's that's my plan going into the winter with my players is to make sure that they, you know we start doing some of the things that we just couldn't do in season and if you don't understand quite the difference between in season and off season training uh, ask some questions there as well it's, it's there's quite a big difference between you know some of the training that we do whether it be strength training in the gym um, some of the velocity training whether that be some of the stuff in season or that we can't quite do off season um, or whether it's just a mental side of things. I think the mental side of the off-season is something very crucial. I think it's something that a lot of parents and a lot of coaches and a lot of even players can contribute um, towards building a really strong mental off-season, whether it have some goals or some really, really strong focus. Um, 
I think that stuff can be a huge part of whether or not a kid makes it onto the next level or not. Um, but like I mentioned before, if you have not seen our products or don't know what they are, please check out our website, especially as the off-season approaches for a lot of teams and a lot of players. It is absolutely crucial that you get the kind of tools that will make a huge impact and allow you to get onto the next level. Thanks. Great stuff. And again, um, I can't thank all of our partners enough for, for, for being you know, with us. Um, Justin Stone, EliteBaseball.tv, Kurt McNabb, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, Dirk Dembrowski, part of PrecisionImpact.ca. You guys really uh, make the show go. Um, to my guest this week, Seth Van Barron, um, again, uh, I knew him when he was a coach. I knew him when he was a trainer. Um, he's done some amazing things in helping kids reach their dreams on a collegiate side um, as a coach, and now he's taken his skills uh, to the assisting and recruiting um, I know he's going to put his stamp on there. Um, there's nothing better than taking somebody that has experience in something and saying, I think we can do it better, and I think this is what's really important. Um, again, uh, the conversation was great today. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you look forward to the follow-up on this, and that's going to be recruiting at an early age. I look forward to having that show. Um, might take me a little while to get that one set up, but I'll let you know when it's coming. Um, to lineupmedia.fm, thank you for your continued support. You're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet, and we are proud to be a part of it. Don't forget to go out and download Yo! Radio from the App Store. It's free. Leave them a review. They'd greatly appreciate it. It's, a, it's everything you would expect and more from an Internet radio station. Check it out today, Yo! Radio. Find us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Hit us up on Facebook, Youth Baseball Talk. Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk as well. YouthBaseballTalk.com. Do your shopping on Amazon there. Listen to the shows. Uh, special thanks to all the people that find us uh, for the first time. And it amazes me how many people go back and listen to the very first show I ever did over three years ago, almost four years ago. The content is evergreen. I've had the opportunity to interview some amazing people. If you just click, click in the back pages, you'll get all the way to the very first show we ever did. Uh, Seth, the very, did you know the very first show I ever did was with Brian DeLunis? Really? Yeah. And I still get downloads on that show to this day. Brian's, it was on four hey. years ago. He's made a nice career for himself, He's hasn't he? He's made a nice career. I've got so much respect for that guy. Yeah. Um, first show I ever did, Brian DeLunis. Um, now <laughs> bullpen coach for yeah. Seattle Mariners and owner of P3. Yeah. One of the premier pitching. He's done it right. He has done it right. There's a guy that engulfed himself in learning. Yes. You know? Uh, it's an amazing thing. So, anyway, great stuff uh, to all of you out there that find the show and go back and kind of Netflix us and, and binge listen. I appreciate you, and you'll never know. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.